Hello and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Our messages are designed to help teach and equip you on your journey to lead people to follow Christ. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage you no matter where you are in your journey towards Jesus. If you have questions, want to talk, or want to learn more about Summit, visit us at summitniles.com. I'm glad that you've joined us this morning at Summit Church. My name's Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a privilege to serve you if you're joining us online. I'm glad to be together with you. Take your Bibles. You can open them up, turn them on. Join me in locating this book, Matthew, the book of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 25. That is our text this morning. We mentioned last week um, churches in Hawaii and the, the horrific fire that went through there and the the loss of life and we are joining with some of our local churches there and that is an offering that we're willing to keep open this week and uh, last week and this week so you can still contribute to that thank you for giving to the divine oasis that that need has uh, passed at this point so uh, no no other need for uh, help there but if you want to help with Hawaii you can still do that this week. One other thing that just a, a follow-up, uh, the bus that we were able to purchase a few uh, several months ago last year has been busy, made several trips, was uh, on a trip with a bunch of moms and their kids to Kalamazoo, uh, was a big chill event, uh, youth uh, um, weeks that of, of uh, camp, um, just training for for our students. It was a week ago at Cedar Point. The youth did an evening, or an all-day, actually, um, event at Cedar Point. And uh, it's been to Shipshawana with um, a group of adults. It, it's, it's, been, it's been out and about. And uh, one of the things that also is a blessing for us is we have several uh, people, drivers, uh, men and women, who have their CDLs with passenger endorsement and they've been able to, to meet the needs of, of driving. So thank you so much for that. Uh, that's just another thing that because you've given, uh, it's a tool that we're able to use. A couple weeks ago when I preached, uh, do you remember what the topic was the last time I shared with you? Anybody remember one of the fruits of the Spirit? Somebody. <laughs> kindness. Whew. Uh, kindness takes time, takes intentionality, and takes investment. Let's keep investing in that fruit of the Spirit. That the Spirit of God within us helps us to be kind. It's it's emotional, practical, timely. It needs to be done frequently. One of those powerful tools that we have as Christians to show the world that God loves them. So that's one of the things I just want to encourage you. As, as you. As you take in God's Word, as you begin to understand more and more of who He is and and who He is in you and through you. Take these, just some practical um, messages that build on, on one another, and, and you're developing a theology, a systematic theology. What you know about God and how to apply it, that's um, uh, our intent in these days. So our attention for today, here on a Labor Day weekend, we spend... A vast majority of our times doing it, we begin to think about how we're going to do it when we're just children. We spend 
the first 25% of our lives getting ready for it. And then, yet the, a recent survey has revealed that 85% of Americans hate doing it. 69% of Americans quit doing it by the time they're 66. And by the age of 75, 90% of Americans don't do it at all. You know what I'm talking about? On Labor Day weekend? <laughs> work. We're talking about work. Work is a huge part of our lives, whether you like your job or not. It's a huge part of your life. In fact, work isn't just what you do. It's, it becomes a part of who we are. In fact, you, you meet a stranger, and oftentimes one of the questions that you ask is, so what do you do? What do you do? Or when we talk to children, we oftentimes will ask them, hey, when you grow up, what do you, what do you want to do? College student. What are you majoring in? What's your life's work? In fact, even people who are retired. So what, what did you do before you were retired? Now, here's something you need to know about work. It is a four-letter word, but it's not a bad one. In fact, work wasn't a human invention. God, it was actually God's idea from the very beginning of time. Adam and Eve, Eve had barely taken their first breath, and God put them to work. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And they had an ideal existence there. That was a, a perfect place. Their responsibility was to engage in, in taking care of the garden. But you know the story. Adam and Eve, they sinned. They, they chose to disobey God. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And indeed, they, they did. They listened to a serpent, to Satan. They were deceived by him. And Adam, well, Eve, Eve talked with Adam. Adam gave in. They, they ate of that tree. And, and the result of that disobedience was separation from God. And, and indeed, after that, Jesus, um, you know, the, the Lord looked at them and simply said to them, you know, your, your labor from here on out is going to become much more toilsome. The weeds, you're, you're, the, you're, you're going to harvest crops, but you're going to have to work for it. It's going to be difficult work. But Jesus in John 9, chapter 4, also said when he came, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me. And at the end of his life, Jesus said this, I, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Work. Jesus um, is a perfect example of, of, of being obedient to, to, to follow through, to do what his Father had called him to do. But even in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, there's a, there's a command that, that God gives to, to, to his people, and a part of that has to do with this implication that God has called us to work. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And then remember, there's that command, that seventh day, uh, to, to, to keep it holy, to honor the Lord's day. So we're talking today about work. Amazing, amazing isn't it, that in America we celebrate a holiday called Labor Day and we take time off. It's always amazed me. Labor Day signals, in some ways, the official end of summer. Swimming pools begin to close, school starts, uh, the leaves fall, and not long after that, here comes the snow. 
But the origin of Labor Day. Do you know the origin of Labor Day? Uh, the Central Labor Union of New York City observed the first Labor Day on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882. It was a celebration of working people. Laboring men and women took the day off to march through the city streets and parades, and then they gathered in parks for picnics. A couple of years later, it moved to the first Monday in September. The idea spread to other cities and states, and in, 19, in 1894, Congress made the day a legal holiday. 1956, some of you were alive when, when this happened. The post office issued their first Labor Day commemorative stamp. The stamp symbolized the day, a large muscular man carrying a sledgehammer, a pick, a hoe, and an axe over his shoulder. His wife was, uh, was serving, uh, uh, teaching children how to read. And it's interesting, the poet um, Carlyle, in the lower left part of that stamp, simply um, said this, that labor is life. Labor is life. Now, for some of you, um, you're not so sure that that labor is life, right? In fact, when our parents early on were putting us to work um, and we were complaining, saying that we didn't want to work, we didn't want to do a task, Oftentimes they would tell us this. They said, well, you're not supposed to like it. It's, that's why it's called work, right? Have you ever heard that from a parent? Um, so for many, it's a, it's a bad four-letter word. Um, some people go to work because there's no choice. I think about the dwarves in the Disney movie Snow White. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. They dig, dig, dig in the mind. It ain't no trick to get rich quick. You dig, 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 and then the work whistle blows. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. Most people, most people think, I think, sing it this way, I-O, I-O, off to work I go, right? Work. Tennessee Ernie Ford had an old song that said, you load 16 tons and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Work. What does the Bible say about it? What should be our perspective? And on this Labor Day, what would the Bible teach us about that? I learned to work from my parents. They learned it from their parents. Historians will talk about something called the Puritan work ethic. And here's one of those ways that, <clears throat> and we're going to, there in Matthew's Gospel, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told, a parable that gets at this whole idea of, of, of what it is to work, but the Bible intends to influence your life and to transform culture. Historians talk about something they call the Puritan work ethic. During the Protestant Reformation, it, it gave birth to many new ideas, including a fresh view about the place of work. And, and this, this happened during the Reformation because uh, it was it, um, the, during the Reformation they, they rediscovered people were rediscovering the Bible and and one of the things had to do with the, the theology of work. You see, in ancient Greece and Rome, respectable people looked down on manual labor because it was beneath their dignity. The Bible teaches different. The Middle Ages, the secular work of the laity took a back seat to the sacred work of the clergy. But Martin Luther 
and, 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 and company heralded the concept of the priesthood of believers. The followers of Jesus possessed spiritual gifts and heavenly authority needed to glorify God, and that includes at one's job or where they worked. Here was the Puritan uh, ethic that I think is maybe important for us to understand, that all honest work is good regardless of prestige or compensation. Whatever God has called you to do, you know, work at it with all of your heart, with all of your might. Hard work is a blessing because it builds character and inner strength. The, the Puritans in their work ethic also taught that honest, hard work provides the path to prosperity. And that the believer glorifies God in an honest job well done. Work. It's how we fulfill our purpose. It's, it's a gift because whatever we do, we, we do it with the life and the breath and the resources that God provides. Work is a source of satisfaction for a job well done. Jeremiah told the Jewish exiles in Babylon to work hard, not just for their own sake, but for the sake of their community. Watch this. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what you produce. That's work. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper too. That your work has something to do, not just for yourself, but to the greater, for the greater community. It's part of your calling. So here in the New Testament, Jesus tells the parable of the talents, or in, in some versions, the parable of the bag of gold, gold. And we want to look at what are some elements of successful labor. So we're going to read this story, and we're going to be picking out some elements of successful labor. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Again, Jesus has been teaching. He's talking about the, 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 kingdom, the kingdom of heaven and what it's like. And so there's in this story, there is a very practical application to work and labor, and we see an example of, of servants who have been given responsibility and how they responded. So that's from where we're going to get those elements of, of, of successful labor. But there's also an element here. There's a gospel element. There's this picture of what happens when we have been given the responsibility of knowing who God is and uh, he has come to us in His grace, proveniently, and revealed Himself to us, and the responsibility that we have to respond to that. And so, there's a connection between work, but there's also this connection between uh, our, our salvation um, in response to God's work. Now, I'm not talking about working in your salvation, so don't get confused there. But in this story, there's a salvation story. The gospel is here. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. By the way, the amount of gold here is not, um, is not small. The, the, the equivalent, a bag of gold, or some, some scriptures say talents, it's, it's a large sum of money, a very large sum of money. So the person, you say, well, listen, I feel bad for the guy that got one bag of money. Look, that guy was loaded. He had a lot of money. He couldn't have, he couldn't have earned that um, on his own by himself in any short period of time. And then he went on his journey. 
The man who had received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, so you have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, verse 21 and verse 23 are eerily the same. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds, so I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. That's if they didn't invest it in 2008. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has ten bags, for whoever will be given more, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We're looking at some elements of successful labor, and we're not going to miss the message of salvation here either. First of all, verses 14 and 15. A man went on a journey. He has some servants. And it says he entrusted his wealth to them. One of the elements of successful labor is responsibility. Now, this wasn't a strange idea. There were servants were given responsibility. The owner gave his money to selected servants. They were commissioned to be responsible for that. Um, that talent, that ability, that amount of, of wealth. The unit of money wasn't small. We've already talked about that. But the idea is that whatever responsibility you have, take it seriously. Take your responsibility serious. Whatever work you have, take it serious. Now here's the second thing. I also find these in this, these opening verses of this story. There is initiative. Another element of successful labor is taking initiative. Do you see the initiative of the first two servants? He says, when the, when the master had left, the man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money and gained five more. And also the one, two bags of gold, he gained two more. There's initiative. Well, one of the elements of successful labor is, is taking initiative. They went and they traded with them. They put, put it to work. They, they did what they thought was best to earn more gold. There was direct action. They went to work. They, they used what they were given to gain even more. Initiative. You know what? That takes some gumption. Remember the word gumption? You've you got, you got to have some gumption. You've you got to get out of bed in the morning 
You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move. It's, it's an attitude. You gotta, you know, you got to move it, move it, right? Uh, my dad used to say to me when he was getting me out of bed at an early hour and I wasn't particularly happy about it, he said, look, son, he said, I've already had, you know, I've already plowed 40 acres by six o'clock. I don't know if you've ever heard that from your parent. I mean, I think even dads who weren't parents have quoted that to their kids. Look, I've already, you know, what's taking you so long? I've already plowed 40 acres. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. Initiative, taking initiative. I see that in these servants, not these first two, not so much in the third. Also in verses 16, 17, 18, I see effort. The first two servants, they did their work promptly. They did their work with perseverance. They, they did their work with, with success in mind. They were given, uh, ready to give an account to their master. There was, there was effort that they put into it. It was work. Uh, the, the last servant, he didn't think, he didn't work, he didn't even try, and if, in fact, he made excuses. You tell me, what kind, of a, what kind of a servant would you rather have? Someone who did their work promptly, with perseverance, with an eye toward success, ready to give an account, or someone who didn't think, didn't work, didn't try, or made excuses. Lazy people don't go the extra mile. This deadly sin is, is classically referred to as slothfulness. Slothfulness. Now today when, when you say sloth, people just think of a really cute animal you know, that works at the DMV in Zootopia. And the sloth in Zootopia at the DMV office is hilarious, right? Hilarious. But there's nothing funny or humorous about the deadly sin of apathy, slothfulness. Apathy is killing our workforce, our community, our nation. Proverbs 24 uh, part of the wisdom literature of Scripture says it this way, I went past the field of a sluggard or someone who was slothful, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Here's a deep theological truth. Work is work. It takes effort. Taking pride in what you do, your reputation is riding on the line. Well, effort. You, you, there's, there's, there's responsibility, there's initiative, there's, there's effort. You, you, you autograph your work with excellence. You, you, you take the initiative to make sure you, you're doing it right. There's, it's, it's instead of being careless, you care a lot. And it shows. Everybody knows it. By the way, this is true. When you have to clean the pot, it matters how you pee. Can I say it that way, plainly? You're paying attention to details. Poof. Several heads just... <laughs> Look, if Jesus took a shortcut, we'd all be going to hell. 
He said, I came to do what my father had told me to do. Remember? And then at the end, he said, I have, I have brought glory to my father because I've done what he called me to do. There's a warning against idleness in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teachings you have received from us. He didn't say, I want you to stay away from the heathen folks. Words matter. Keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we have the right, we don't have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as models for you to imitate. Effort. Effort. Here's, here's something else I find in these verses. Creativity. Can I say to you that digging a hole and hiding your talent in, in the ground is not creative? And I'm just going to protect this a little bit. All I'm concerned about you know, is, is, is just protecting this. It, it is nigh unto doing nothing. He, he took some care of it. At least he didn't lose it. He didn't invest it. There was no interest on it. There was nothing positive or creative about what he did. Creativity. Elements of successful labor, it's, there is creativity. Work is a place to create. God created the heavens and the earth. In his work, he created the heavens and the earth and every living creature. He created man and woman. Uh, he, it, it's impossible to, to understand the, the, the creative mind of, of God in his work. We see glimpses of, of his creativity in nature, but we're unable to fully comprehend the creative of our God. You look at um, just the, the, the things of nature, flowers. You look at you begin to look at details of, of, of who God is and because of, of what He has made. He's creative. Creativity, our work is one of those places where we, we go and, and, and God can work through us in our creativity. By the way, one of the things that I pray for you, I've benefited from many faithful people who have prayed for me, um, parents and grandparents and... Um, all kinds of people. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful many of you tell me that you're praying for me. And um, I can feel that. Do you know that I pray for you? One of the things that I pray just in the area of your work life is for creativity. That is, you are are dispersed throughout the community, serving in all kinds of ways, that God would have the opportunity to live within you and work in through you, and, and that the, what you do with the work of your hands, there'd, there'd, be, there'd be a touch of the creative master in what you do. That the thoughts that come into your mind on how to do something, that you would be creative. That the ideas that you have... See, there, there's, an, there's an issue that... Um, those of you that, are, that, that you know, work together on a project are facing and, and that somehow God, in, in, his, in his, his wonder of working in and through you, would, you would be a part of, of that team that creatively is able to solve some of those problems. 
your one great idea away from helping society. Your one great idea away from financial success. You say, listen, I, one of the things that I pray is that God, and, and wisdom. So listen, you're dealing with a, a difficult situation, and how do you, how do you um, address an issue and, and keep a situation from erupting? God gives you wisdom, clarity, insight, creativity. You're making a presentation, and, and because of the gifts that God has given you, you're able to, to communicate in a way that other people can understand, have it be a part of what they're doing. One of the things that I pray for you is creativity. It's one of the elements of successful labor. Notice in verse 19, consistency. Now, we're not told how long the master was away, but it was a long time. And consistency of the first two paid off. It wasn't just a short blast. It wasn't just an opportunity to go out and, and, and show what they could do for the first lap, but in this long time, it was work over, over a period of time and in today's world, we all want instant rewards. We want instant success. We want drive-through fame. But successful, being successful at work often means that it takes time, effort over a period of time. That consistency, a person who shows up consistently on time, a person who shows up consistently with a strong work ethic, a person who consistently follows through with what is expected, Consistency, paying attention to details the first time and the next time and the last time. Consistency. Starting right, staying right, ending right. Consistency. Consistency to, to do it all over again. Repeat what is right. Remaining faithful. Disobedience to this command was so apparent in a, in a Detroit business office that... When the workers got to work one day, this is what they found posted on the bulletin board. Here's, here's what it said. In our, in our own state, in Detroit, this was posted. The management regret, regrets that it has, come, it has come to their attention that workers dying on the job are failing to fall down. This practice must stop as it becomes impossible to distinguish between death and natural movement of the staff. Any employee found dead in an upright position will be dropped from the payroll. <laughs> if your employer has to, has to put a stake in the ground just to make sure you're moving, consistency. Here's something else I see, patience. Rome wasn't built in a day. Rewards are often associated with prolonged effort and hard work. The stick-to-itiveness of those first servants was impressive their patience, the process, the things that they had to do over and over again. They were just busy, just busy rowing, just busy rowing. By the way, someone has said this, people who are busy rowing the boat don't have time to rock it. <laughs> I see another element of, a successful, of successful labor, and that is faith. Do you see that in the Scripture? In, in, in two different places, 21 and 23, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful with a few things, you'll be trusted with a few more things. Look, I know in today's world, you can be a faithful employee and sometimes get overlooked for that next 
promotion, that next opportunity. It happens. But what I can tell you for any employer, they would never promote someone who was unfaithful. Faithfulness. The servants may have been tempted to think, well, I'm never going to have to give an account. Who knows when this guy's master is going to come back? This length of time it took him to get back? No, they were faithful. They were faithful when the master wasn't there to see what they were doing. You ever heard the phrase, when the cat's away, the mice will play? What that means is when mom and dad aren't there to watch what's going on, then there's a tendency for you know, the kids to do whatever they want to do. Or if the boss isn't in the room and watching what's going on, that somehow you know, there's, a, there's just a, another, another level of, of doing things that you know, you know, we, don't have to, we don't have to push as hard. Faithfulness. Faith can move mountains. Believe everything is possible. You can change the results. Faith. Faithfulness. Here's the last thing when it comes to an element of successful labor. And this is a good part. The rewards. They received praise from their master. Not only did they receive praise, you've been good and faithful a few things, but watch this. I will put you in charge of many things. There, there are those opportunities that come along. The, the elements of, of, of being a, success, a successful laborer is that there's opportunities that come along that when, when somebody is looking for someone to put in charge, they have that next opportunity. They receive praise from their master. Notice they receive more opportunities. They also receive a promise of future blessing. Come and share your master's happiness. They receive glory. (laughs) Um, The joy of your Lord. Share your master's happiness. Share your master's happiness, the joy of the Lord. Proverbs 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Nothing, Ecclesiastes 2.24 says, nothing is better for a man than he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw was from the hand of God. You think that God doesn't see what's happening and that he, he, can, he can help you, He can promote you, He can reward you? Colossians 3.23 and 24 says this about rewards. Besides profitability or or filling our time work gives us an opportunity to glorify god watch this whatever you do do it heartily as to the lord and not unto men knowing that of the lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the lord christ do you know that all of the rewards for successful labor aren't all paid in this lifetime but scripture says lay up treasure for yourself in heaven where moths don't eat it, rust doesn't corrupt it, thieves don't break in and steal it. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Now others will watch and they will see. And there comes the witness. Look, if your theology of work is so messed up, why would anyone listen to your theology of God?
I thought we were all enjoy some time off this week. But I believe God's Word is informing us again how we should live. I'm going to invite the team. They're going to lead us in a last song. Let me close with this. Do you realize that most of the heroes in the Bible had what we would think of as a secular vocation? Many of the heroes of the Bible, ordinary common folks. Isaac developed real estate. Jacob was a rancher. Joseph, a government official. Moses spent many years as a sheep herder. Esther, she went into government service. David worked in a, in, 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 with animals. Later, served in the military. And then he too ended up in government work. He was the king. Daniel was an immigrant who became prime minister. Lydia, a businesswoman in textiles. Paul was a tent maker. Maybe one of the greatest, maybe the ultimate expression of how much God values work is Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus spent more than three quarters of his working life in the building profession. Made benches and tables, and probably involved in construction. There's an interesting word that, it's a, it's a Greek word, it's a Greek word, tekton, from we get, our, we get our word technology. It would include the ability to do stone or masonry work in the trades. In fact, the, the Bible is a book written by workers, about workers, for workers. And I wonder if today, with another careful look at our labor and what makes it successful, responsibility and initiative, effort, creativity, consistency, patience, faith. That we would understand the great rewards of God. And in doing so, we would bring glory to Him. That what we do brings glory to Him. That what you do Monday through Saturday brings glory to Him. It brings glory to Him. Now, I don't want you to miss the gospel in this passage. What we've been given, we have a responsibility to deal with. And Jesus is talking about the kingdom, and He's talking about even the responsibility we've been given, the gift of, you know, gold is one thing, but you've been given the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus opened His arms, embraced the cross, 
died in our place and he's given us the invitation. What you do with that, your response to that, um, determines your rewards. And so in this passage, we also see the gospel that he said, wicked, lazy servant. If, if a person is even too lazy to respond to a gift, the servant who just stuck it in the ground and ignored it and said, okay, well, here it is. It's the picture of someone who hears the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, and says, okay, whatever, I'm not going to do anything with it. You have a response there as well. So don't miss the gospel in this passage that calls all of us to respond to who Christ is. Does your life bring glory to God? Would you bow your heads with me? I wonder, as you are there this morning just sitting, contemplating what you've heard, this story, what would God say to you in terms of your labor? Say, God, here's your chance. I'm not working to empty my mind of who you are or your word or to try and gain some kind of nirvana. I'm, I'm here, Lord, to fill my mind. I want to meditate for a moment. What is it that you would say about my labor? Past, present, or future? What would you say about my labor? What are you calling me to do? What have you given to me to do? And is there anything you'd like to say about that? Just take that moment. I wonder if you thought for just a moment longer what would you say if the Lord reminded you that the other spectrum of no work is too much work If you evaluated your life in light of God's word and will, what would he say to you? They say, friend, you need to take a break. See my example? Ministering to people, I still took time to rest. And I was the Savior. What would God say to you? In your work life, is there rest? Let me challenge you on two spiritual points there. Do you honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy? I understand I'm speaking to the choir here today. You're here. But would you be willing to follow the example of Creator God and Savior Jesus? And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And what does that look like? And would you let God's word and his spirit inform you of his will for you? And then I wonder this final question. Lord, this week, would you give me an opportunity to bring glory to you in what I do? Lord, give me that idea. Give me that grace. Give me that faith. 
I, I ask God that you would, you would work in me and work through me because I want to bring glory to you. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Let my life bring glory to you. Be magnified in my work. So Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us. Guide us. Help us to magnify you in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Summit Church Podcast. Again, if you have questions, visit us at summitniles.com. Now go and be the church in the world.